Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California. We're here each Wednesday at this time for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. Welcome. Thank you for joining us again today on Health Matters. Uh, we have a unique opportunity today, in, as we often do, uh, and this time with, we're going to have a chance to speak with Ingrid Reyna, who's a recent graduate of an Oriental Medical School in uh, the Southwest. And we're going to get a chance to kind of, she and I are going to push back and forth with each other and talk about what acupuncture is today. And I thought when we had the opportunity to, uh, she had a, she's the, uh, she's the partner of a, of a, person I sing with, the daughter of a, a person I sing with in our local community, Vox Pop, Pop or, uh, Choral Orchestra. And I thought it would be fun for our listeners, and you regular listeners know that we don't often talk about, or that is, I don't often talk about oriental medicine, even though that's what I do for my living. And so I thought here was an opportunity to also share with you some of my thoughts about that, and, and also get a chance to interview a recent graduate and just sort of share notes, you might say. So that, that will be in just a couple of minutes. We'll be talking to Ingrid Reyna here on Health Matters. So before that, remember last week, for those of you listening, we got a chance to listen to Paul Wallace talking about the upcoming National Heirloom Exposition at the, uh, the, the second annual World's P- uh, Pure Food Fair over at the uh, uh, Santa Rosa uh, uh, Fairgrounds, uh, the the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th. This is really a wonderful proposition. Uh, 300 um, exhibitors, three days, the world's largest heritage food event. Uh, there'll be uh, people from the farms, there'll be people from gardens, they'll be talking about not only the heirlooms themselves, but it's also a political process as well. Percy Schmeiser, the famous Canadian farmer who had to sue um, Monsanto, that is, Monsanto sued him, and there was this huge dust up about um, genetically modified seeds and that kind of thing. And also Vandana Shiva, the famous Indian uh, from the country of India, teacher on um, uh, the leading supporter of the the pure food movement. And it it goes on and on. Anna LaPay and our own, uh, by the way, I should mention our own Bob Kennard will be there, is also giving a presentation as well. So it's a very interesting and, and rich opportunity to look at the, the pure food movement. And again, that's September 11th and 12th and, and the 13th, and I'm looking for their website, but you can just do heirloom, National Heirloom Exposition Santa Rosa. You'll, it'll come up for you online. So that's that. Um, also, coming up, the uh, uh, our as we often do, we, we talk about the Sonoma Shambhala Center here in uh, Sonoma. Upcoming, their fall uh, book study group uh, began Sunday the, uh, the 2nd, but also they're going to be again doing it on the 9th and the 14th of October, the 28th, the 4th, and the 11th of November. 
and they'll be reading from Pema Chodron's book, Taking the Leap, Freeing Ourselves from Old Habits and Fears. So basically this group, they get together, at uh, they, they joined at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, and they read something from the book, and then they get to work with each other and talk to each other about what it all means. Um, actually, I, I just misspoke. They join for this 9 a.m. for the sitting practice, and then the, the, uh, the book study group begins at 1045, and that goes to 1215. Again, that's Pema Chodron's Taking the Leap, Freeing Ourselves from Old Habits and Fears at the Sonoma Shambhala Center. Again, this Sunday on the 9th, and then again the 14th of October, the 28th of October, the 4th, and, and the 11th of November. Uh, and also, let's see, today there's a... They're, they're at the Shambhala Center. They're beginning and experienced practitioners are invited to join the meditation group for mothers. This is today, Wednesday, and I missed it by where I'm old. Uh, it's Wednesday mornings from 830 to 945, so we missed it for today, but it's for next week. Uh, the open house Dharma night at the Shambhala Center, at the, this is September 6th, Thursday. Uh, this begins the discussion on the art of being human. Uh, this is a teaching of the of the Shambhala uh, world. That's a possible interest. Uh, for more information, there's a phone number, I think, somewhere here. Uh, I don't have it. Sonoma Shambhala Center, that'll tell you, that'll take you there. Anyway, that's tomorrow night at the Dharma talk. So there's that. Then we've got, uh, on the 19th of September, um, Ed Bauman's, uh, Bauman College, Cooking with the Flavors of Health for Cancer Recovery. This is at the Sarah's Community Project in, in Sebastopol, 6 to 7.30. This is the famous uh, Bauman College, uh, the nutritional uh, school in Pengrove. And they're connected to the Sarah's Community Project, which is a recovery project for people with terminally ill conditions. So for more information on that, 829-5833, extension 220. And that's the announcements. So, now we get a chance to welcome our guest. Uh, welcome, Ingrid Reyna. Hello, Ned. Hello. Say it again. Hello, Ned. Oh, good. I've got to keep going here and find the mic that works. Try it again. Hello, Ned. There we go. Found the mic. Great. So, here we are. Here we, we are. have this unusual opportunity, and you are a recent graduate of the Southwest College. That's correct. The Southwest Acupuncture College. Southwest Acupuncture College. And why isn't yours? I'm still having trouble with your mic. Is it is the mic in the wrong place? Well, let's see. Let's try this mic. Sometimes it's the mic. Try that. Hello. There That's we go. That's better. Yes. Ah. Much better. I can hear it. And you can hear yourself. I can hear it. Yes, I can oh, hear it better. Oh, good. We're, <laughs> we made it. So... Um, and what year did you graduate? I graduated in August of 2010. Uh-huh. So pretty new graduate. Not, not brand spanking new, but yeah, pretty I'm new. Yeah, still a rookie. Still pretty <laughs> new. Still feels pretty new. And you're currently, uh, you say you're doing a five-day-a-week practice of community acupuncture there in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque. That's uh-huh. correct. I work at um, a, a community acupuncture clinic called Casita Community Acupuncture in I Albuquerque. I see. Well, why don't you tell our listeners right off the bat, what is community acupuncture? Uh, community acupuncture is a, it's a movement happening right now across the United States and also in Europe. Um, and it's a movement that allows people to come in and 
get affordable and accessible acupuncture. Um, for we we work on a sliding scale fa- fee. It's fifteen to thirty five dollars. Wow! Yeah. And it's a business model that was created to make it more accessible and more affordable for masses and masses of people, um, not just you know a select few who can afford one hundred dollar treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, so this allows you to come in frequent frequently as needed um, when you want you know uh, and pay how much you want to pay through that fl- sliding scale. Wow. So, and, and of course, it's, it's a little different in its context as well. So tell our listeners a little bit about the context in which it's delivered. The context. Okay, yes. It, um, the community acupuncture model, um, you're not treated in a private room. You're treated in a group setting with other people in the same room. Um, so, you know, you're not left in a room for an hour. You, you are treated with other people in a quiet community setting. Um, most of the time you don't even notice that somebody's sitting next to you. Um, so that's the main difference. And with you, that use, model. you use recliners in your. We use recliners. Some right. some acupuncture clinics use tables. Mm-hmm. Um, they mix mm-hmm. it up mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. We use just recliners you in use our recliners. clinic. And for our listeners, those are the kind that that, that, that lift the feet and everything else. So it's just yeah, kind of a typical recliner. They're really. typical. They're comfortable. Um, yeah, right. A lot of people actually prefer the the recliners mm-hmm. over the tables, mm-hmm. um, just because they're softer and just more comfortable. Right, and now. When I first heard about community acupuncture, of course, I heard it, it, it came in the voice of what used to be called working class acupuncture. Correct. So it, its foundation began with a pretty militant. Um, ro- 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 Lisa, Lisa uh, Rolder. Ro- Rolder, yeah. yeah. And she had this very kind of fist, at, fist up kind of, uh, kind of attitude about everything. So talk a little bit about that in terms of some of the politic of what she's trying to say. Isn't she sort of. It's kind of power to the people and yeah, kind power, of all that stuff. Power to the people. Um, she Her whole attitude is uh, power to the people, bringing back the medicine t- for us and not f- um, for big insurance companies to be telling us when we can have treatment, right. you know, how we can afford it. Um, so it's it was her way of, you know, bringing it back to us and allowing us to take charge of our own health care. And of course, you don't do the insurance billing. We or, don't know. And that, yeah, and that's part of the part of the trade-off is that for those people who are, you know, plugged into that other system, they, they don't they don't get. I mean, of course, I suspect you probably give people receipts. We do. If, if so they if they if yeah. they want to do their own paperwork, then they could possibly still get some some recovery. Yes, that's true, and it's rare that people even ask us for that. Kind uh-huh. of um, information. Uh-huh. A lot of the times, too, people who do have insurance they stop using their insurance because the the copay of the community acupuncture uh, model is a lot less than what they would pay for a copay. Right. How about so. that, ladies and gentlemen? How about that? So now, the as I, as I looked up on online, it says community acupuncture. It says, well, one of the things it says it. it it's it's a it's a strong commitment to community. It's part of the reason, the part of, or part of the, the the marketing, if you will, of the word of community acupuncture is that there's there's, there's a, a lot of cunt, a lot of talk about community and how the how that the the accessibility and community and there's a sort of an understanding that you're basically a community support and you expect the community to support you and you expect to support the community. So in your own Environment that in the group that you're part of, is that actually a, a, a living part of the conversation in an active sense? In a, in a, or is this sort of a, like you know one of those sort of fundamental belief systems that sort of lives in the in the in the annals of the archives, but doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily the politic of the environment that you're part of? I would say that um, that's an accurate description. We we are a big part of the Albuquerque community and. 
Um, everybody pretty much knows about us there. We are the largest community acupuncture clinic in Albuquerque. We right. see over 200 patients per week mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the clinic. Um, you know, everywhere I go, pretty much someone has heard of community Casita uh, Community Acupuncture Clinic right, right. because you know either they've gone or a family member or a coworker of theirs has gone. To sure. get treatment there. Every, so. Everybody's tried it out. I mean, yeah. that's my experience. So, and then, and you could say you can afford to charge so little because you treat a lot of people. We treat a lot of people. We have very low overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two main components that allow us to keep the prices so low there. And also, you don't have nobody has to take their clothes off. That's in, correct. In your treatment environment, that's yeah. You come in and you sit in the chair, and you, you all you do is you roll up your pants to above your knees and roll up your sleeves to above your elbows, uh-huh. and we're able to access pretty much everything in the body except for the back. So right. we. So how do you handle that? Well, we use all distal points. Ah, yeah. you just don't use you just don't use back channel points. No, we use all distal ah, points to access the channels no, through. No. We access everything through the front of the body. Oh, I understand. No, I know that story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of theoretical discussions that Ingrid and I could have on many of these things. Um, you know, let's let's go back a little bit, Ingrid. Because I mean, I, I imagine many of our listeners might imagine. Well, why would anybody? get started in this? What would, what would take them into this area of uh, human human possibilities? So tell our listeners a little bit about your background. I'll tell a little, our listeners a little bit about mine, and we'll just sort of share notes on, on, on that. We've got about five minutes before our first break, so we'll take five minutes to talk history here a little bit. Okay. Do you want me to start? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, okay. Well, I, w- I would consider myself a late bloomer, and it took me a while to um, figure out what I, exactly what career path I wanted to, to embark on, but um, I always knew that I wanted to be in some sort of helping profession, oh. and um, I'm, I'm innately just a nurturer, you know. Oh, I see. Um, I started off as a massage therapist. Um, Not a bad place to start yeah. if you're going to be an occupationist. Yes. Yeah. So I worked as a massage therapist for about 10 years before, um, maybe in my eighth year of my massage therapy career, was then I discovered acupuncture. And... Um, you discovered I, it from a personal need point of view? Well, no, not necessarily. I was working at a, some various um, wellness clinics, and I met a lot of different healthcare practitioners there. I, I met a Chinese acupuncturist at this particular place I worked at, and I was just fascinated by what he was doing. And um, I would see uh, his patients go in and out, and they would just be so, re- you know, really stressed out before they would go into their treatments, and then just so relaxed and calm after they left. And I was just always fascinated. What What is he doing in there? What exactly is going on? Yeah, but you didn't go have a treatment yourself? No, no. I, I would talk to him about it. Uh, yeah, right. I didn't have a treatment myself. And then I saw, um, one day I saw a picture on a Time magazine of this person with all these needles in, in his head. And I was like, what is that? And I opened up the, you know, the magazine. I started reading about it. And I just, like, had this feeling, like, that's what I want to do. You know, really? that is what I want to do. That's what I want to study. That's what I want to learn. You opened and, up a magazine, and then suddenly that gave you... Yeah, that was wow. that was one of my signs, you know, that this is what I want to do. And so it took me a while to... Um, I had to go back and finish my BA and do all this other preliminary work before I actually applied to any acupuncture school. So you've really got to do your homework for to get into those schools. You really do, yeah. yeah you, you have ha- to have a BA, and you have to have uh, some, some pre-med, pre-med classes. And, yes, you and, do. Yeah, biology and, and anatomy, anatomy, uh, yeah, a all lot of science anatomy. classes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not not as rigorous as going to med school, but right, uh, right. There's still some criteria to right. enter Oriental right. Medicine School. Right, and so then 
you got to, so you went to the school at the Southwest, and and that's a three year program. It's is a it? four year program. Four year program. Yeah, uh-huh. and you come out with a, a master's degree. Master's degree in oriental medicine. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. right. And did you take the national? Yeah, I took all the national exams. Um, there's four did national exams, and then you have to take one practical exam for the state of New Mexico. Mm. Um, and that's where you know you, you you're going in with a mock patient, and you have two people monitoring your every move and I've, making I've been, sure. I've been an examiner in the state of California oh, yeah. so many, you know. many times. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know how nerve wracking that could be oh. as well. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, so you know that's So that's, you have you have your national for both herbs as herbs, well as yeah, acupuncture? And acupuncture. Herbal medicine, acupuncture oh, wow. and oriental medicine. Wow. So you've got the whole the whole gamut. the whole the whole yeah. complement as, yeah. as the saying goes, right? Exactly. I only have one of those. I mean but Yeah, it's 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 a lot different these days, you know, right. and what you need. So well, myself at, at, at the time when I could have I could have had it as a grandfather, I went. These people just want to collect fees, you know, and, and that's that's kind of what I wanted. So I said, "It's a racket." I, yeah, I said, yeah. "I'm sorry, guys." You know, I you know, but but anyway, for, so okay, so that that takes us through school. Now we'll let, we'll come back to you and we'll talk about school a little bit. Let me talk a little bit about my own history. Sure. Um, and I, I only have a minute and a half, so I can't talk on too long. Um, I was. At, at a place called Esalen in Big Sur, and I was doing meditation, and I was working in psychophysical therapy. There's a, a world of psychology which involves a lot of physicality about it, and and and, and it's also emotional expressiveness. And I and I watched I watched how people, when given the opportunity to come from behind the the um, the expectations and restrictions of their personality, how they had a life, they had a liveliness to them that that was so often hidden. And then I started reading about Chinese medicine, and Chinese medicine talked about how a lot of that actually worked in the physic in the physical body. And at the time, I was I was part of the body work staff at Esalen and uh, doing all this exotic, exotic psychology, which had, which was also deeply meaningful for me. And I thought to myself. Chinese medicine was 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 a very organized way of talking about how the energetics of the physical form behaved and what and how you could look at it and and I thought to myself that the um, for me it, it was a, it also it was sort of anti Western medicine it was an issue of justice I thought to me myself that overwhelming the body with drugs and surgery oftentimes looked like it was a, sort of a, a, dis, a, a, a dis, an injustice to the physical form and not really understanding and hearing what it was but instead overwhelming it and so I thought Chinese medicine maybe there's much something there so that's what that's what got me started and, sure. and it was very inspiring and it's and I when I was thinking about you coming on I realized that part of what my my still am living with is a is a justice journey, and that uh, so anyway, we do need to take a break. We're talking to Ingrid Reina. She's a acupuncturist from uh, the Southwest, and we're talking about just shooting the breeze, really, about what our experiences in Oriental medicine. So please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a minute. If I assuming I can work all these computers, which I think I'll be able to. So you're listening to Sun FM 91.3 in Sonoma, so please stay with us. Hi, this is the Dance Diva celebrating six years on Sonoma Sun FM 91.3 KSVY in Sonoma. Tune in on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. for danceable tunes from all over the world. And remember to dance like nobody's watching. Baby, do you want to dance? 
If your nonprofit group would like to have your announcements on Sonoma Sun FM 91.3 on KSVY Sonoma, come to the KSVY studios at 164 West Napa Street on Tuesdays between 11 and noon or Thursdays between 3 and 4 p.m. Bring a 30-second script and some background music and we'll help you put it together. If you have questions, you can reach us at 933-0808 or stop in at 164 West Napa Street. Have your announcements on KSBY and Sonoma. Hey, you're listening to Sun FM 91.3 KSBY Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke joined today by, can I, I should, should I call you doctor? Dr. Sure. Ingrid Reyna. <laughs> anyway, she's got a master's degree. That's almost a doctorate. Um, we're talking, we're just kind of kicking around the issue of Chinese medicine, and I'm talking to a relatively recent graduate, and I'm a somewhat older graduate. And um, so we'll go from there. So welcome back. And I also want to let our listeners know that if you have any kind of questions about for Ingrid or for me on the topic of oriental medicine, we'd be happy to uh, listen to those questions and possibly be able to respond. Our call-in number is 707-933-9133. Be happy to have your call should you choose to join us. So, Ingrid, uh, coming back to um, the sort of the issues of, of today, um, and our, our, I, I gather you're you're satisfied and happy with your uh, uh, time in, com- in community acupuncture. Or do you have any kind of goals that are that, that that seem to live outside of the umbrella of the community environment? Sure, I do have other goals that I'd like to reach at some point. Um, I I would like to see this. I, I really do enjoy working the community model. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do enjoy treating that way. But I would like to see uh, the community acupuncture model extend itself to other areas, um, for example, in, into hospitals. I think um, if, if we can integrate this community model into hospitals, we can contribute a big you know a great deal. Well, that I certainly agree that I would think that the the um, one of the ways of getting getting past the the um, obstructionism, which is really all I can and, and also the fact that 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 um, modern medicine's business model is not agreeable with uh, oriental medicine on so many fronts, uh, whereas the community model is so inexpensive they can't argue with it on economic grounds. And, and, and of course, the, the, except to say they're not going to make enough money. But the thing is, is that to, to, to give it a trial on a hospital basis, it may, would make a lot of sense for those of us who've done it all these years. Um, we would love to see... Well, there are plenty of people who are doing services in hospitals now, as, you were, as we were saying before we went on the air today, sure. that there are hospitalists now. There, there are people who are offering classes and training in that area. There are people who are currently involved in hospitals all over the country, New York, Washington uh, State. Uh, all, I, I know of Chicago, all over the place. And these are b- big hospitals, and these are not just little nickel and dime hospitals. Yeah. Are you referring to the integrative medicine components of these hospitals where – Sometimes it's sometimes it's that way. Sometimes sometimes it's part of the research thing. There's a thing called the Osher uh, Center in San Francisco at part of uh, part of the University of California. There's there, it comes in in all kinds of different ways. Okay. 
back uh, years ago when I was first involved in Chinese medicine, the I know Stanford University Medical School had sent a lot of people to sort of look at it. They wanted to see, well, was there something there that they really needed? And, of course, at the time, what, what was so fascinating to everyone was the surgical thing. And so when I was studying in Beijing, um, uh, one of the things that people were you know, you know, always we were always rush, always rushing off to the OR to do some kind of acupuncture analgesia because that was sort of the you know kind of the the, the hot thing. Yeah. And yet, for those of us who were not drawn that way, I kept waiting. For, I I just said, oh, I you know, I I'd go to a few times and we'd do thoracotomies and we would do you know craniotomies and we'd do the, the one that interested me the most was actually was uh, the birth and delivery, the OB process because it was just striking to see how useful. Uh, oriental medicine was in terms of helping the baby descend into the birth canal, helping calm the mother down, and so mm-hmm. on like this. Whereas the thoracotomies and things like that, I could never really tell how big a factor it was because they had a they had a little bit of drip and they had you know you know you don't know. So um, yeah, it just I mean it's this medicine. You're just talking about all the ways we can use this medicine and all the ways they use it in China. Um, are different than the way we use it here. Mm. You know. Oh, absolutely. And here, I think. Um, you know, for stress, you know, just stress causes so many diseases here in our society. So just using acupuncture for that alone, I think, can alleviate a lot of a lot of things with that people are dealing with on a daily basis. Well, certainly, as, as I look at my practice, for instance, to, to, to go right to that question, just briefly, the 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 frequency of of uh, the stress component as a direct element in terms of the depression of the, of the energy field of the person is so profound that, for instance, the last person I saw before, I, before we came over today was a fellow with MS, and um, the poor man, um, his sleep disturbance was, 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 he had to take three Valiums to get to sleep. He had all kinds of other pharmaceuticals and so on. And the first thing I did with him was to use what uh, Kiko Matsumoto calls adrenal stress treatment, which is basically uh, a kidney 6 and kidney 27. That's a couple of points here and a nice. couple, of po- couple of points on the ankles. And, and right away, his, his, the, 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 uh, the, the pulse, which was, had been, which was quite empty, and then, and then breathed and had a very deep, deep tightness, started to fill up and started to breathe. The pulse started to breathe. And, and then... Then the, the pain situation he had, he had a, uh, he came in for a pain situation. But at any rate, the thing was the the, the stress was a, a significant component of the treatment, and uh, uh, and he, this gentleman actually came for a pain. He didn't come for his MS particularly. He came in for a, a, a really a gnarly pain, which 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 was a, a, a very contractile pain that he right in, in the area of um, tri- triple heater seventeen, which is just below the ear, and he said. When we started the treatment, it came in and it was all contracted, and it was just stiff. And then what happened was is that as we did the treatment, he said it, it, it began to be like a river. The energy would move through the spot, through the spot, and he would have he would have a, a crescendo of a, of, a, of, a, of a sharp pain, but then it would come down out of the crescendo into quiescence, and then it, it would. But it would just sort of it would start to breathe again. It was just a perfect sure. example of my of what you and I both experience with our clients as we experience. When they have many times contractile or, c- or congestive conditions, the the uh, the things that we do, however, whichever, assuming they're successful, they begin to create that the body is enabled to do to breathe literally, and and uh, 
So anyway. Yeah, and it just you know goes to show too, like this person that you're talking about has MS, so I'm sure he's dealing with a lot of chronic ailments, you know, from a day to day basis, and that's you know another how we can use this medicine to help someone like him and various other people who have diabetes, you know, right. MS, other various chronic diseases where they are not getting that much attention going to a Western doctor because there's really not a whole lot to offer um, in that well, route. Well, Ingrid, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that, that that's the, the, the chronic disease. I mean, it's, it's often said that oriental medicine is the, is the is the missing link really? It, it's it, in other words, there's acute care, sure, and then and there's chronic conditions, and and modern medicine has has the has, acute care, has, the trauma, they has, have it down, they got yeah, that, they have they, it, like, they've got that one, but but the but the chronic care is, and of course, as as the aging population, speaking of myself <laughs> among others, as it is that as we have this you know exploding aging population. We have to believe that there's going to be a lot of need for the very thing that you and I are involved in. So I have to believe that one of the things probably both you and I are but not only aware of, but as we look down our professional path, we, we never really need to think about being out of work. That's true. <laughs> it's very I mean, there's all kinds of other people that might be worrying about, well, I'm not sure they'll be needing whatever it is. But, but I think you and I, I think we, we, we can rest assured that we'll probably be, always be able to put something in our mouth to eat. Yes, so, so I that, agree with that. Which is, sure. which is comforting, actually, in a yes. way. And so, but coming back to you personally, let's, let's, let's talk about what, uh, and again, uh, what has surprised you in terms of as you've done this work, Kind of talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, you had your images as you went in. And, and what surprised you at all? Or what, what didn't you recognize before you started to do it with your own hands? What, 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 where was it? Talk about that, if you would. Well, when, when I was a student, uh, I, I remember um, a lot of our teachers, a couple of our teachers warning us of what was really out there. You know, like Ooh. as far as... Um, employment goes you, oh, know? Yeah. you either had to be a really good entrepreneur and build up your own practice right. um, put in a lot of money to building up your own private practice and right. i never at, at some point that was really um it sounded appealing to me to, to do that but um after i graduated it didn't it didn't seem so appealing after all um it's very lonely number one that's the worst part yeah, yeah it's yeah. you know it's i'd rather in my situation i think i'd be more happier working with other practitioners mm-hmm. Um, well, so, cer- certainly as you begin, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And so that was one. I think uh, I don't think our schools prepare us um, enough, except for those few teachers who I who I mentioned. They don't prepare us enough. To, uh, they don't give us enough like information on how 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 to build your own business. We have like one business class, you know, during the whole program, but I don't think it's it's a, that's nearly how, enough. That's, that's how to fill out the insurance forms. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know, like, uh, but that's not about marketing. how to get your license. Yeah, not yeah. not very good at the marketing part of it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of our my colleagues they stop pr- practicing after you know four years. I think five years is the 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 gap board they just stop practicing because they can't do it you know they Mm -hmm. can't like run a business they don't know they're not a business person they don't know what it takes to keep it going and it isn't any any thing for those of us who've done it i've done it for 30 some years it it isn't a lot of fun you know and you know and 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 unless unless you get a unusually nice situation where you've got it 
but it's 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 a, yeah. it's, a, it's a challenge. It, and, it is, and yeah. that's why I feel um, fortunate to be working at the commu- community acupuncture clinic because I was hired directly, you know, after graduating, right. mm-hmm. and uh, that's another reason why I do appreciate. So, are you that a point. salaried person actually? Y- yes, I'm salaried. So you're not. You, 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 it's you, not. You, I'm an employee. I don't. So you, I don't but, have so, to deal so with the, any the number that whatever comes in the door is not your issue. That's exactly. that's somebody else's issue. Yes, I and oh, it's I very see. nice. It's yeah, very yeah. Nice to work right. that you just way. get your check. Thank you very exactly. much. Exactly. Yes. Good. Yes, and. You know that's another reason why I appreciate that whole community acupuncture movement is because it's 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 supplying jobs for acupuncturists. Absolutely. You know, when, when and it's recent graduates too. It's the perfect opportunity to get a that's lot a of experience. Wonderful stepping stone. Needling style. a lot of people. You know, getting your skills honed and it's it's a great thing. So so talk a little bit about if you if you were to um, think of it in terms of limitations. Talk about limitations a little bit in the community project. I mean, and you, certainly you must be aware that there's limitations in terms of, uh, I mean, I realize that the, the marketing materials say, oh, no, we can do everything and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But as a practical matter, I mean, sh- maybe I'm wrong. You correct me. But is, is, it, is, it, is, it not, is there not some sense that you have that there are some parts of the community acupuncture program that is, that is unable to really as fully and productively address certain needs certain uh certain kinds of conditions or whatever i mean say say what you th- say what your thoughts are that and don't let me put words in your mouth i mean uh, yeah i would have to say that i i don't i haven't come across any um people that have come to get treatments that feel like there are any limitations i'm mm-hmm. just going based on you know the patients that have come through our clinic sure um there are arguments you know to be made about that um right. as far as like points that you're treating on the body like you can't you don't really get treated um you don't get back treatments you don't get needled on the back right we access everything through the front so there are some people that would say you know like you do have a limitation because you can't do that Mm -hmm. and you know it's a psychological thing too for patients sometimes like they have a back pain so they'll sit in the chair and they're like aren't you going to needle my back you know and so we have to explain to them that there's different ways of doing acupuncture and you can access everything through the front and we get good results sure so tell us a little bit about then your teachers in terms of the, the, the teachers that have been most uh, productive for you for doing this kind of work. In other words, is it Dr. Tan, for instance? Is it Dr. Is Tan Richard is Tan one. is kind of the big Richard one? Richard Tan is. Um, I use just regular TCM, though, in the community acupuncture uh-huh, I uh, clinic. Okay. I don't. I haven't. So for, ladies and, for, for our gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen who don't, who, in our audience who don't know what these means, we're now we're talking about schools of, of teaching, and, and, and Richard Tan is one of the sort of promoters of a certain style. But you're saying you use TCM, which is, of I, course... I, it, the majority of treatments that I give are just straight up TCM. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's. I do use some Dr. Tan methods, mm-hmm. but... Um, so then you use source points and... and on source points, uh, all the discipline points. Low points. Yeah, yeah, the low points, the mm-hmm. Hussey points, do, do, the are, end points. Are, 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 you, are you at all a user of um, uh, extra meridians? I mean, are you... Yes, I yes. I mean, I would think that would be the yes, real... Yes, those are really useful in the very community acupuncture. Tell the listeners a little bit about what an extra meridian means. How, how does that, what, what is an extra meridian and how would you access it and how, does it, how is an extra meridian different from sort of an everyday point? Well, the extra meridians, they, they connect um, the, you know, one meridian from the, the next meridian and they fill up the gaps inside of the body and, and you know, they fill up the blood vessels, the tiny, tiniest blood vessels you can imagine. They help to bring the blood flow and the chi flow into those areas. Okay. And, and so, but what? And so, what? 
well, for the, if we if we had a if we were doing a television show, we could show a picture. But sure, as it is, in other words, there are things that there are points on the arms and there are points on the legs, and mm-hmm. and the feet and so on. And what you can do with an extra meridian, you can cover a vast amount of influence with with really just two needles. Sure, um, if you want it to, yeah. If you want, so in other words, you can go to pericardium six and spleen, spleen four. four. And, Zing- and, and Zingo, you've just you've covered a huge area of physicality, and you've covered a huge area of intention in terms of the the vitalization fu- feature. So extra meridians are one of the things where I would think community acupuncture. I mean, if I were doing community acupuncture, I'd be using extra meridians all the time because it is it, in a general sense the the dynamism of the and also the simplicity the relative simplicity of you're able to use large blocks of energetic blocks to work with rather than rather than depending on on uh, I mean even something as simple as the four gates right you oh, know in the wow. community acupuncture and yeah, you know, yeah just, I mean that's probably everybody gets four gates yeah. and, and governor governor 20 <laughs> there you go I had I had an amazing time I just We've got another three minutes before we take another break. Our, again, listeners, you, we, you've got a small chance here to uh, another 20 minutes or so to give us a call. Talk to a couple of acupuncturists if you're interested. 933-9133. I remember being on a train going between Philadelphia and New York City one time, and I just happened to see this attractive woman walked by her getting on this train, and she was looking at an acupuncture book. So I went, ah, you know, <laughs> so I sat down next to her. And it uh, turns out that she was quite a, f- a well-known and re- well-regarded acupuncturist in New York City. And she said, oh, she said, I'm so tired of treating liver chi. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Which is what we call stress sure. conditions, you yeah. know. And, and, uh, Which everyone has. <laughs> everyone has them. And, and uh, the four gates we were talking about just a minute, are four, four points, uh, two on the, the web of the, between the thumb and the first finger and the web between the, the first toe and the, the, the big toe and the second toe. And these are points that do what? They really just help move the chi, any blocked chi in blood. They help smooth it out, smooth out the blood, smooth out the chi, mm-hmm. de-stress you, so make you feel so, really so, good. So let's talk about the chi. Let's 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 start to do a definitional thing around the chi. What is the chi? Tell us tell us what that is. Well, that's a good question because I've been trying to you know uh, find a definition of chi so that I can explain it to the layperson or right. somebody who doesn't know TCM okay. and not talk about it as energy as we are all taught to talk about it. Right. right. So I've been trying to go along the lines of explaining chi as a function. It's a functional aspect of your body. Um, and so it, it's, a, it's a sort of a living dynamism, you're saying? Sure. You can, you can describe it as that. Living, yeah, sure. Some people how, also how, call, how it, you, they call it food. Some people just call it food. They say chi is food. Chi is food. Food, but not only food in the sense of like the tomato, oh, sure. but, but, but food in the okay, sense of, it. Of, of nourishment. I mean, okay. It's nourishment. It's sure. How do you explain it to your patients? I don't. You don't? No, I, I, don't, I don't talk about chi. So if they ask you, though, I mean... They don't you, ask. They don't ask. They okay. don't ask. They don't ask. No. I, I, years ago, I used to be fascinated with that language, but I, I, and now, I mean, it's, for me, it's... it's um, because I do a lot more functional medicine now than I do strictly Chinese medicine. So I'm interested in systems and, and how to awaken and help things move better, how to resolve conflicts. And and uh, so I'm busy struggling with the dynamism of what I can feel in, in, in pulses and, and palpation. And so the, the, the sort of the language aspect of it is just it's it's so 
tactile for me. It's not. It's no longer a language matter. So I, I'm, I when I'm sometimes worried that if I I haven't been a, a examination commissioner for a number of years, but I used to do it every year. And uh, if somebody, if I had to, you know, be part of questioning people, if somebody talking about this language, I I'm not sure I'd remember the language well enough to be to pass the test myself. <laughs> right. You know, so. Um, yeah, I'm in a very tactile school now, so that's uh, so you, you've moved on to that from uh, right from from, from, from but the thing is is that the, the for me that what's still exciting and, and it's it's sort of out there beyond my fingertips in a way is that there's a there's a whole world of understanding that the Chinese system has that describes the quality and the nature of the distresses the body achieves in in, a, in the course of its living existence, and to me the the effective description of the unique constitutional and, and, and energetic situation of an individual still is, is, a, um, is a primary goal for me as a, as a craftsperson, as a practitioner, for me to understand better what is, what is the unique situation of the individual before me. And, and I'm still imp- impressed and, 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 and in many ways sort of saddened that the uh, that Western meta, where the, the Western world has seems to have so little. I mean, now they have they have DNA and they have those kinds of they have genetic testing and so they, but they're still they're still unwilling and able to look at a lot of the sort of the subtle nuances, the, the subtle the, the nuances, yeah. and also give <clears throat> give the nuances the value that they deserve. Sure. And the other thing for me as a political matter, I mean, the, the, our culture is, is especially permeated with fantasy and, the, and plausible illusion that, and deceit. And um, so I think part of what Oriental medicine has is an opportunity to, to um, uh, a ways of kind of cutting through the layers of, of fantasy. I mean, look, up, look, what we, look what we, you know, value in our culture. We have all this TV and these iPods and whatever it is, but... In terms of really dealing with the life form as a as a living being, uh, we we cover it up with things instead of instead of listening to it carefully, and so I I feel like the jewels of understanding that come from traditional Chinese medicine are still very much worthy of a lot of a, a lot of our attention. And now I notice that I need to take a break, sure. so forgive me for chattering on, <laughs> but please stay with us. You're listening to Sun FM ninety one point three in Sonoma. Dr. Ned Hoke today joined by. Uh, Ingrid Reyna, and we're talking about oriental medicine and all its permutations as best we can, so please stay with us. Something very special has been added to the Kathmandu Festival this year, A Night in Nepal, a dinner and culture show topped off by Sukhwat Ali Khan and his lively, danceable music. Saturday, September 15th, 7 to 10, Betts Hall, 126 First Street West. For more information, call 707-938-1807. Good morning, Sonoma. This is Wally Brightman, now in my eighth year as a volunteer host at KSVY. Join me every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. for Sonoma Sunrise, Broadway Monday, Hollywood Tuesday, Jazz Wednesday, Classical Thursday, and Friday. Great music, lots of smiles. Wake up to Sonoma Sunrise every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. Happy listening! You're listening. 
listening to Sun FM 91.3, KSVY Sonoma. Well, welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke today joined by uh, Ingrid Reyna, and we're talking about Chinese medicine broadly, and we're kind of a mixture of practical discussion and, and uh, clinical discussion. And, and Ingrid, you were saying what we should talk about next was what again? Well, I'm, you know, since I've graduated, you know, I've been, it's been nice not being in school and <laughs> out there practicing and figuring right. out what you want to do with this medicine, what it's capable of, you know, mm-hmm. all that all that you have to offer. We have so much to offer with this medicine. And it's a matter of getting it out there and educating people about the effects of, you know, how, how it can help them in their daily lives. And I, I just want to spread out that word more. I want, I want to talk about that more. I want to start educating people about Chinese medicine and just how it can help them. Well, given that people have limited attention, and, and so then probably the easiest way that conversation begins is, well, what can you do for me, which is, right. an, in, which is an individual thing. Um, so if you were to say, if somebody were to say to you, well, tell me, I've, you know, I have, a, I have you know, family, I have, my, you know, I have myself, but I also have my family and my children and so on and so forth, kind of broadly describe to me why I want to include Chinese medicine in my medical environment. What, 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 what is generally, kind of give me some general reasons why I want to make this as part of my preventative right. and, my, well, su- and, the, my, and my supportive. That's the first thing that comes to mind is um, the person might not have anything in particular going on with them. Right. You know? But you don't really have to have any specific reason to get acupuncture because it's great preventative medicine. Um, so in the long run, it's, it's going to help you prevent. It's going to prevent diseases potentially. Well, um, let's, 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 let's penetrate that a little further. How is it going to do that? By keeping things going in your body, keeping things, all the functional aspects of your body functioning the way they should be functioning. So you're saying that the application of needles in in the in the in the in the lower in the arms of the lower arms and, yes, the, and, the, and the and the lower limbs is going to um, keep you healthy. And the only reason, the only way you're really going to be, the only way you're really going to be able to experience it is to actually be on the table or be in a chair and get needled. And, so you really think that that our populations? Well, I think I hear you say you're telling you're telling our listeners that that really they just ought to go do it. Yes, they just ought to yes. go do it. They now, should make it a part it, of their. They should make routine. it. They should experience it. They, they should, should experience they should, it. Make it a part of their routine medical, you know, checkup checkups. You know, people go for routine checkups. We should be able to do that using acupuncture. You should come in for a routine acupuncture treatment. Right. Well, before, before, okay, before they buy into the routine acupuncture treatment story, the thing is, the first they have to be convinced that they want to do it. So then, what is it that we have that, that they, that would be a, a nice entry point for them to you know, experience? Obviously, this the fact that the community acupuncture system is so inexpensive that so anyone could just do it kind of just as a lark, really. You, don't, you wouldn't necessarily have to have anything wrong with you or any, any particular need. But let's go beyond the sort of lark part of it. What, what, what would you suggest the, our, our listeners, if they didn't have any experience, uh, what, what should they go ask? What should they go look for? What should, what should they go? Should they go have an energy evaluation? Should they go have a, a checkup? Should, and, and if they were to do that, what would they 
what would what would be the possible result? What 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 would you be able to tell them by listening to their pulse, looking at their tongue, looking at their eyes, looking at you know the diagnostic signals that you look at? What are you going to be able to give? What kind of feedback are you going to be able to give them that's going to be practical for them? That's a good question. <laughs> and that's um, so you know if somebody were to come in who's who'd never had acupuncture, right. And they came in and said, well, how can you help me? Right. Um, I I would say you know why don't we sit down and have a you know, talk for a few minutes. I'll ask you a few questions. Check your pulses. Check your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, most everybody has stress. That's you know the number one okay. ailment that I would say it can help you with. Okay. I, I haven't met anyone that doesn't have any kind of stress. You know. Oh especially. no. So I mean, that's the number one thing that I number one selling point that I would try to sell to them that this helps with stress. Well, okay, that's a theoretical construct from from them. I'm sitting now. I'm I'm pretending that I'm them sitting in the chair. Okay, so you've, you're telling me this is good for my stress. Okay, what else? Uh, what else? Um, it can. Why you know, else? It, why else do I want to involve myself in this in my family? What what? Because it it, it can it will save you on healthcare bills in the future potentially. That, that's a promise. What what in the how how is it going to do that? By helping your back pain, by mm-hmm. helping your neck pain, um, it could potentially help you avoid surgery. Um, if somebody, for example, had some lower back pain, um, or if they, they had lower back pain, they went to see an orthopedic doctor, and the orthopedic doctor told them right away, you know, you have to, we have to fuse your spine, or we have to take one of your spine out, you know, one of your lower lumbar spine out. Um, it could potentially, we can... Potentially so, so it can save you some medical foolishness. <laughs> yes. Well, that's Precise. not a bad. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> so, but there is, and, and you would, would you agree? There's a lot of medical foolishness out there. Um, I would agree with that. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, I and of course, and of course, now that we have a culture that's spending 17 percent of its gross national product on healthcare, I suspect that a fair amount of that is foolishness. Yes. Or at least it's 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 less than ideal. So, y- you would be able to say to somebody that that, given that. You know that we literally have a country in crisis, uh, not around, but but not only around healthcare insurance, but around healthcare as a as a practical matter. In other words, how to how to how to take care of our people. You're saying that the the the, the world you're part of in community acupuncture is is a is a really a wonderful addition to what's needed in our world today, in here in America. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think, I think. And so, whether or not you're you can do surgery or whether or not you can do something grandiose or something extremely expensive or even something that involved with pharmaceuticals, that kind of thing. You have a whole other set of things to offer, which is something that's off. I think it's a little bit unfamiliar because it, my experience of people who come in, they, they think, well, if I, if, I can, if I can change a pain substantially, then I did something. Whereas if I get them to improve their hydration, they don't regard that as anything to significant. Oh, well, it's you know, it's a small thing, you know, it's nothing. And yet, my experience is is that the pain is is much actually really less important than the hydration in many times. Or in the case of the people who don't do enough walking, for instance, if I, I, I I'll say okay, twenty minutes of walking every day without fail, and then then we'll talk again. Rather than I won't even give you a treatment. We just let's just see what happens when you walk twenty mm-hmm. minutes a day. Let's see if that changes. So for me, my goal a lot of times is to make the walking thing rather than to deliver a treatment. I actually, okay. you know, that's kind of the kind of the way I play. Uh, sure. I play it. So I guess part of what I'm trying to say, trying to lead you into, and it's sometimes it's a little bit hard to talk about because there's it's so many things. But 
we're living poorly, are we humans? We're living in constrained ways. We're living surrounded by toxins and poisons that are very real and that are damaging our, our, our physiology, that are damaging our spirit, and so on. Also, we're living in the worlds of untruth and, 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 uh, and ec- huge economic stress and so on and so forth with the banksters taking all the money and leaving us with what? Um, so sure. so we, we live in an environment which is so filled with challenges, and, and so... Um, we can't just use chi and blood to address those challenges, but we can use our our basic understanding of what the body needs to stay alive in a, in a happier state, and that with that, of course, will be will be useful. So, coming back to your goals in community acupuncture, where do you see it going for yourself? I mean, what are you going to stay in community? I mean, you've got a partner that's going to be a surgeon, I gather, and. And so that that will add another wrinkle in your existence when she finally gets out of that environment. What what sure. do you what do you what's your future look like? Sure. Well, like I was saying earlier, I would love to see this particular model implemented into hospitals. I would love to see it hospital based acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the way that chemo chemo is dispensed chemotherapy suites. Right. Um, you know. Oh yeah. I, yeah. It would be nice to see. You know, at some of these cancer research center, we have one in Albuquerque. See sure. a community acupuncture room that's maybe next to the chemo suite room, and you know we can uh, give acupuncture that way to people who are um, getting done with their chemo treatments right, as a right. you know adjunct therapy for them. Right. Uh, make it affordable. Make it accessible for them. So, in, in your state, do you have such things? B- Not yet. Budding and brewing. I mean, are people talking about it? That kind of thing. They are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but nothing's been implemented yet because so of various you, you know bureaucracies. You know, there's a bunch of red tape. No, in the way. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. So do you have your fi- do you have fire in your belly to, to sort of lead that charge? I do, yes, I do. It's mm-hmm. something that I've been working on um, for the past six months or so, something that I've been like thinking about and talking mm-hmm. with various people. I'm, I'm c- collaborating with this um, fellow named Christian Nix, who's, mm-hmm. who started this community-based acupuncture in Chicago at a hospital there. Ah. Um, and he's trying to spread it out mm-hmm. through other ci- to other cities, too. So I've been uh, communicating. Is with he him. working a lot with cancer patients or not? Not in particular cancer patients. Because no, uh-huh, uh-huh. no. we we tried it here at our local hospital. They they hired an acupuncturist, and it was just they never they never seemed to be able to work it out because of course the business model thing didn't work very well. Sure, and they and that's they a, yeah. that seems to be a big problem. Yeah. yeah. So. So that's one of my goals to see that happen. Okay. Someday. Mm-hmm. And are you guys going to? sort of want to stay in the area where you are or do you do you, do you see bigger places farther away and yeah i'm not sure about that right now uh, yeah that's because you take it one day at a time right. right now at least right right and where yeah. did you grow up i grew up in chicago oh uh-huh. so now, yeah. another another reason to have interest in chicago yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So. Well, Chicago is is a, a vital place. There's a, it sure tr- is there's like San Francisco. Of, yeah, so. there's a lot of stuff happening in Chicago. So we just have a couple more minutes, uh, and so what do you want to leave our listeners with? What what advice do you want to share with them? We've, you've shared a bunch of advice, and we've sort of chatted around this topic. But, again, coming back to the essential advice that you want them to understand about what it is that's available for them. And, and if they come in, if they were to come and see you or they were to come and see the kind of work that you do, what don't they expect and what do you, what can you help them with? What 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 is it? Kind of show them the, show us again that window again of what it is you feel like you have, and uh, well, not only your belief system, but but what actually you you feel like you can actually deliver. Well, I think that if people are um, people who are listening who are 
fed up with you know current Western care that they're receiving for um, anything that's not acute or, or acute or traumatic. Um, if they're dealing with any kind of chronic, psycho-emotional types of situations, um, it, and if they are not you know getting the care that they feel they need from a Western doctor. Um, they can come and try acupuncture. We're, we're here for you. We, we have a great system set up that it's non-toxic, um, it's affordable, it's accessible. Um, so I would suggest visiting an acupuncturist um, as an alternative method of medicine. And um, if you'd like to try community acupuncture, I think that would be a great place to start. Um, and there's various clinics all across the yeah, United States. Yeah, we have States. them in Petaluma. We yeah, have them the in Santa, Santa Rosa, Rosa. We have them in Sebastopol. We have them all. We have them in, in, in Nevada. MCU. They're all over the place. Yeah, I'm. I'm I have not. Yeah, we're. I'm trying to start a little uh, low budget clinic, but it's not. I'm not going to do community acupuncture. Sure, but, but I'm going to do another make another it affordable affordable clinic. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds that's, great. That's coming. So, Ingrid Reyna, what a pleasure to have you on Health Matters. Thank you, Thanks Ned. for taking it was the time nice to, to, you. to join us and, and give our listeners a little bit of your wisdom and insight. So, if you cannot pacify your spirit and you let your mind be complicated with desires and worries, your disease will not be cured. To be healthy, you must avoid anger and worry. Keep your mind happy, your heart at ease, and your desires at low levels. That's the basic guidance of the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine, the basic book of Chinese medicine. Beautifully said. Our health, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was the Yellow that, Emperor, Wang yeah. Chi himself. Our health matters motto still is, health care isn't a noun, it's a verb. <laughs> Tune us in again next week. Until then. I bid you well. Great. Be wise.